So we've tracked with this story, and uh, now Jesus is arrested by Roman soldiers and their commanding officer and the temple guards, and they're taking him to Annas, father-in-law of Caiaphas, the high priest. So the worldly authorities and the religious conservatives of the day are in on it together, and they arrest Jesus, and we are told that Caiaphas had said, it's better one man should die for the people. That's from the high priest. And that's the setting. And now we come to our guy, Peter, and uh, the four words Matthew chooses to introduce Peter for this scene are pivotal for us to understand what's happening. We've been following with Jesus and, uh, and Peter, and Peter has gotten it right, and Peter's gotten it wrong, but this time... You need to understand what's happening in this story, and you don't want to gloss over these four simple words that encapsulate where Matthew says this is all coming from. He says, Simon Peter followed Jesus. Remember, we've seen him as as he is asked with all the others, who do you say that I am? And Peter's answer is, you're the Messiah. You're, You're the Son of God. You're the one. And Jesus commends him, and Jesus says, I'll build my church on you. And then Peter gets it so wrong and argues with Jesus about how he's not going to suffer and don't talk like that. And uh, he's corrected by Jesus again and again. And then we find, as they go to the Last Supper, he, uh, he says, you know, I, I would be with you no matter what. And Jesus had said that someone would betray him. And Peter says, I would die for you. And Jesus says, you're going to deny me three times before the night's out. And so he gets it right, and he gets it wrong, and he's trying hard. He's trying to get it right. He's trying to be loyal to Jesus and show his loyalty. And then in the garden, even as Jesus is arrested, he's willing to take out a dagger or a small sword and take on an entire group of soldiers, well-trained soldiers and temple guards, huge armed, trained group with their leader, the commander of this battalion. And so with that huge threat looming at him, he's willing to step up and say, I will take you all on. And he cuts off the ear of the high priest servant. But Jesus says, no, we're not going to do it that way, and heals the ear. And now we move to the next scene. And so we're told at the end of the last passage that, uh, that at that point all the disciples deserted him and fled. That's what had just happened. So they finish in the garden, uh, and, and they're confused, and Peter tries the slashing thing, and Jesus says, we're not even going to fight, and they don't know what to do, and they all take off, and then Jesus is arrested, and he's dragged off, and so we pick up the story in our passage here this morning, and Simon Peter is following Jesus. And there's another disciple with him, and that disciple has an in to get into the garden where, where Jesus is... Uh, you get into the courtyard where Jesus is being tried inside the building. And so everybody else is left, but Peter is back. He, he's left with them momentarily, but as soon as all of this plays out, he spots the crowd that's taken Jesus, and they follow from a distance, and they're watching, and they're waiting, and they want to see what's going to happen with Jesus. And so in the last scene when Jesus is taken into custody, that's, that's what's happening. happening. Simon Peter and one other guy, 
The rest are nowhere even close to the scene. And so these two, they're kind of incognito. They're, they're hiding in the shadows. There's real danger in that, right? There are nine other disciples that are nowhere in sight, nowhere to be found, nowhere near the action. But Peter and this other disciple, they're following along. They're staying just close enough that they can figure out what's happening and where are they taking Jesus and what's going to happen next. It's not a safe place to be. It's not a great place to be. <clears throat> and so there's real danger for them. Why be there? Why take the risk? They're all scared and with good reason. So why does Peter get that close? Why does he uh, move on with Jesus and follow him? What does he have to gain? What is, what is there to be gained from staying that close to all of the danger, to the people who are out to get them, the people who are out to do in Jesus and, and are not looking really positively on his followers either, right? So the rest scatter, but Peter and this one guy, they're hanging on and they're watching and they're staying close. And so before we rush into the other part of the story where uh, Peter comes off like a coward, you got to understand right now he's following. Right now, he's tracking with Jesus. Right now, he's watching what happens. He's putting himself at risk to find out what they're going to do to Jesus. And this situation is not safe, right? It's the furthest thing from safe. It's not because it's the safest place to be. Peter is smart enough to know that. He knows that it isn't safe. He knows that he's putting himself at risk. He knows he's putting himself out there, and he knows that things could go wrong and that this could cost him his life. And yet, he's right there on the edge of the crowd. He's not trying to get himself killed, but he's watching for something. He knows Jesus is there. And he knows that the Romans and the temple establishment are out to get Jesus. And he knows that Jesus is on trial for his life. And he knows that Jesus went into this building right here. And that they're trying him right now. And this may be his last chance to take action. And so before we move further in the story, you've got to understand and consider what Peter's motivation is in staying close to the action. It's not just something to watch play out. But I think it makes sense that Peter is there because in the back of his mind he's saying there still might be a chance. Like whatever they've got planned next, whatever they're trying to do, if they've got Jesus in there, if I stay close by, if I stay on my guard, if I look for my moment, there might be this moment when I can do something about what's happening here. I might be able to step into this situation and make a difference. I might get to be the hero here. I maybe. It's a long shot. But maybe there's going to be another chance to get Jesus out of this take him away alive and have my savior with me and so he's watching right he's standing around in the courtyard 
And he's thinking maybe this is the chance and maybe we can rescue him. And maybe this doesn't all have to end right here. Maybe he can catch him off guard. Maybe they won't be expecting it. And I'll be able to spring Jesus and get him loose. And we can go back to the way it was. Maybe the nightmare can end. If I just see the chance, maybe something can happen. And I could make a big difference. My life could matter. And I could rescue Jesus because I love him. And so Matthew starts it off and he unpacks it and he says, look, you know what was happening with Peter? Peter was following Jesus. Like he was trying. He was concerned for the well-being of his Lord and he was following to see if he could do something about it. Maybe he can make his life matter and who wouldn't want that? Anybody who loved Jesus he figures would go there and would try that and would risk everything for Jesus. There's a story, uh, a true story uh, it, that happened in China where some Christians were meeting underground because it was illegal for, for Christians to meet and for you to worship Jesus. And so this uh, crowd of people was gathered and, and in secret and... Uh, and it was just them. And then all of a sudden, some armed gunmen broke in wearing masks. And they held guns to the people inside. And they said, if you won't deny Jesus, then you line up against the wall and you're going to be shot. But if you're willing to say, turn your back on Jesus and deny him, you can walk out the door and you're fine. And so most of the crowd filed out one by one and just went, I'm out of here. A few Christians stood by the wall waiting for the triggers to pull. When the others had filed out, the gunmen took off their masks and said, Hey, we're Christians too. We just wanted to make sure we were worshiping with people who are really serious about this. Peter would have passed that test. Like Peter would have been standing against the wall. Peter had the guts to stand by Jesus even at risk of his own life. He would have passed the gun test. He would have been fine if that was the test that he faced. He's brave and he's loyal. So what went wrong this night? Could it be that he was so focused on his plan could it be that he was so concerned with getting Jesus free and he thought that was the thing to do and that was the thing to accomplish, that he had horse blinders on for his path forward, the way that things should play out. The only good thing that could happen here is if we get Jesus loose and we take him back with us and we save his life so that he can lead us and he can continue to teach us and he can continue to do miracles. And that's the only thing he could see that was, was a good thing to happen. And while he was making his plan, God was unfolding a different plan. While Peter was trying to rescue Jesus, Jesus was planning to rescue him and me and you, and the entire planet, every human being on planet Earth at the time, and every human that's ever lived since. Judas had decided to betray Jesus. 
but Peter had not decided to betray Jesus. He was trying to do the best that he could, the best way that he knew how. And maybe right now in the courtyard, he hasn't decided exactly what should happen. And maybe he's got this plan in the back of his mind. Maybe he, he's there for a reason so that he can be close and he's taken a risk doing it. But he doesn't know what we know. Maybe he's just stalling for time hoping for that one big moment when that one big test happens and he can pass it by doing something big and something heroic and something wonderful and something that will rescue the situation and keep Jesus alive. Because he loves him. So when he denies Jesus... He's telling the, the servant woman who accuses him by the fire, look, just leave me alone. Because he's still seeing that there might be a way through. And if I get myself arrested, I won't be here to rescue Jesus. And one by one, three opportunities to stand up for Jesus and to speak up for Jesus and, and to put it all on the line and say, yes. I'm with him. And he says what he says, not because he's trying to get it wrong, not because he's betrayed Jesus, not because he's turned his back on him, but because he is trying to do what he thinks should happen, what he thinks is right, what he thinks the path is. And there's no way he could understand. There's no way that he could walk into that situation and understand that the only way any of us make it in life is if Jesus dies. The only way we could be saved, the only way that we could be rescued is if Jesus is nailed to that cross. Jesus had told them this was coming and Jesus knew what he had to do and he knew what it would accomplish. Peter was trying, but what he focused on was saving Jesus when Jesus was the one who could save him. And he misses these little moments, these seemingly insignificant moments, because he's so focused on his big moment to shine. And the truth is, that sometimes we are the kind of people who would pass the, you know, armed gunman test in a room. We would pass the big monumental things if we had to come down to the wire and stand up for Jesus. But it's those little moments day to day, those seemingly insignificant moments when we are so focused on what we think should happen and where things should lead. And we're so focused on the outcome and the plan that we have that we cannot see the plan of God for what it is. The cross is not the last time that God has made a plan that doesn't make a lick of sense to anybody else but him. And there will be times in our lives when we are called on in those 
moments when it seems like a distraction, but it is God pressing into our lives and with his still small voice saying, follow me, this is actually the way. Let go of your big plan and follow my plan. It doesn't look like that's the plan of success. It doesn't look like that's the plan that will rescue everybody. It doesn't look like that's the right plan. But it really comes down to your plan or my plan. You are either going to be the hero and you're going to try to maintain control. And we love control, right? We love things to be under wraps. We love to be able to foresee the outcome of, of our actions and the actions of the people around us and make a plan and follow the plan. And there are times when we have to surrender control and instead true surrender. That we have to give up our desire to make things happen and to see things play out the way that we think they should. And we have to say to God, what do you want? What are you asking of me? If Peter had stopped in those moments, if he had been paying attention to that, if he wasn't distracted by his plan that night, he never would have said, I'm not with him. I don't even know that guy. And you and I, we can make decisions in those small moments in life where we are choosing our path and our plan and we are abandoning God's little interruptions that pull us where he wants us and creates the plan that he wants for us and for everybody around us. His plan's always better. He knows what he's doing. He knew that night And I thank God that, that Peter did not dissuade him, that Peter did not rescue him and drag him back with the 12 and say, look, here we are, that God got his way and Jesus died. And what he accomplished on the cross for us was so much more important. He knew what he was doing, and it didn't look like it. And it was nothing about safety. If you are under the delusion that God wants to always keep you safe, you don't know him very well. It will sometimes look like the furthest thing from safety, but in truth, the safest place you can be is in the center of God's will, no matter what else goes wrong. And Peter thought he could keep himself and his Savior safe. But Jesus was doing the only thing that could ever keep him or anybody else safe. And it can be easy to miss what God's doing. And it can be easy to pull in our own direction. And it can be easy to be so addicted to controlling our circumstances and making things happen and seeing things the way we see them and the plan that we have. And until we surrender that, there's nowhere else we can go. And nothing can play out the way it's supposed to. And 
this week, we have all had 604,800 chances, second chances, chances in a second to make decisions that we will follow Jesus and we will obey him and we will seek his will and we won't make our own plan and we won't go our own way and we won't do our own thing, even if it seems like it's for the best. But we'll submit to him and listen to him and obey him and go wherever he wants to take us. like the old hymn says, his way is best, you see. I'm in his hands. And that is the best place in the entire universe to be. And my prayer is that every one of us would find ourselves in his hands and know we're in his hands and be good being in his hands, never looking for a way to jump out and make our own plan and go our own way.